0: From it's your boy, the one with the Scarface, your boy Scarface, and today I have a special guest, Tyler Price. Thanks, man. Call me special. That I appreciate that. Oh, I'll take it. Uh, of course, we, special guest, Uh, because you are, well, where I got to know you from was from Lyle model. You yep. know what I mean? And I know you do way more than just uh, part owner in the Lyle model. but I want to get into your whole story just so
1: people get to know you. Are you originally from Idaho? No, in fact, I was the guy that said I'd never live in Idaho. My my <laughs> wife's originally from here, and her family's still here. Uh, I grew up primarily in Salt Lake, but you know, born in Oregon, lived in Virginia, Missouri, and then Salt Lake. And uh, yeah, we just we made it here uh, because uh, well, we were living in Salt Lake, and things had kind of gone bad for us. We almost lost a house. We barely got it sold. Moved in with my parents. I mean, it was just. One of those stories where, you know, we had three kids and one on the way, and my whole our whole life had fallen apart, and mm-hmm. and then uh, my wife was helping run schools uh, for cosmetology, and she said, "Hey, we got to go open our own school," and it's like we could barely afford, you know, just to live, mm-hmm. and uh, it was nine months from when she said that. Then we had moved up here, opened a school, and and we were getting after it. So so yeah, it was uh, definitely. a a painful time, but, uh, but yeah, not from Idaho and grateful. I live here now, but, uh, I was always that guy that said, yeah, it's fun to visit, but too cold in the winter time and I'm never going to live there. So don't ever say never because the universe has a way of, uh, of having you live (laughs) what you say you'll never do. So,
0: so did did you go to school in Salt
1: Lake? Yeah, I'm, uh, uh, well, like high school, I went to Olympus High School in, in Holiday, Utah, which is a suburb of Salt Lake. Uh, attended BYU, graduated with, from BYU, and then always been in sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after 9-11, you know, things. that's when things kind of got tough for us. Uh, I was in the car industry, and it just, you know, it just came to a screeching halt. And, you know, that's when we were trying to figure out what to do, and so... Then I was like, hey, maybe I'll become a pharmacist or maybe I'll become a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I didn't ever do well in college though. Like I'm not a a, a traditional learner. Mm-hmm. Like I should have gone and been a welder or an auto mechanic or something with my hands. Yeah. Uh, but I just grinded it out in college and then, you know, but anyway, got into sales and marketing and and but it all kind of fell apart. And my wife has has is always been a licensed uh professional in the beauty space and then her former boss uh, and very good friend of ours, uh, by uh, Larry Curtis, just said, "Hey, let's open up. Help me open up some schools." And and that's where she got the training to be able to do it. And then ultimately, she wanted her own gig. And Larry's still a very good friend and mentor of ours. But uh, but yeah, that's we came up here and here we are living living the dream. At least that's what you tell yourself, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it, you said you graduated from BYU, right? Yep did you is that in marketing so no it's geography and japanese so i can't think of a more worthless degree <laughs> to get than geography and japanese so the intent was you know uh, my my brother went on and got his mba my younger brother went and got his uh, my dad was was is a cpa or was a cpa and so the intent was just to get a degree and then go get a better degree but i hated college so it was like well why would i go do that so so I, anyway, when I was in college, I liked geography and I spoke Japanese. So that was why I just kind of went with that. So, so you didn't have a, a real plan afterwards. <laughs> That's kind of my life. <laughs> Thanks, Edgar. No the guy without a plan. That, I like that. I'm going to get a t-shirt that says that no real plan. <laughs> no real plan. <laughs>
0: At least you had some sort of like uh degree that you wanted to do. I know cause I recently went back a few years ago. I'm about to graduate too as well. Uh, but people don't know what they want. Yeah. Because there's, like, so many options. And now when you get pressured with the, like, okay, what do you want? They're like, oh, I don't know. Uh, I know this. Uh, even my cousin, he switched. He was going to be a physical therapist. But then he switched. Now he's en route to become a dentist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just changes. But the changing added so many more classes to his, like, yeah. his schedule. And at least you had something going. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But I feel... So I, my bachelor's going to be in uh, communications and visual media, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking I'm going to go back to school. Uh, I'm going to learn a whole lot. I haven't really learned anything, to, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Uh, I, of course, I took all the generals and things like that, but the, just the basics you take in high school, too. Yeah. But the the classes that I thought I was going to learn a lot, I really didn't
1: learn any. I learned more off of YouTube than I did off uh, the yeah. – and, and I think that's what we're seeing nowadays is there is a significant shift in how people learn. I, being in a trade school, or you know, we own Austin Kate Academy, which is a trade school. I'm a big fan of the trades. And whether that's in the beauty space or, you know, auto mechanic, electrician, whatever. Uh, dentist, quite honestly, that's a trade. You know, you have – or doctor is a trade, but, you know, there's more schooling involved. But I think there is this trap of, hey, go to school and then you make more money. And that's no longer the case. Uh, there are, there's still a place for higher education, uh, don't get me wrong, but I think that more people need to look at what, what brings me joy, because you know, just in talking with you, you enjoy the art of photography, you enjoy the art of conversation, you can make cool things, but you could have done that with or without that degree. However, I will say to your credit, quitting, which is something I learned from my dad, quitting is a habit. So if you would have said, you know what, I don't need that and quit, that can quickly escalate into a habit of, oh, I don't need that. And then quit versus facing the adversity almost. Uh, you hate to use that word, but the, the toughness of finishing. Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what people need to do is just finish. I don't care what it is. You got to finish.
0: So. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because that was actually a big thing. that I'm like, I came this far. There's, there's no like, I don't quit. I don't like to quit anything. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to finish, even though it just, I remember the first day of advanced photography, right? I'm thinking in there, I'm like, all right, I'm going to learn some stuff I didn't know. They were, you see that light right there? Yeah. They were showing us how to turn it on. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. I was like, this is what I'm paying for. But I've learned some things here and there, yeah. you know, you don't know everything. Right.
1: Right. Uh, there's some things you learn. But that's probably a tenured professor that is teaching you how to, flip a switch right yeah. so yeah <laughs> which kind of comes anyway neither here nor there yeah you don't know
0: where other people's uh level is at either. Yeah. too you yeah know, it's, it's not my fault i spent hours and hours watching youtube videos like yeah that. i just find youtube weird but i want to get into your austin kate yeah yeah because you, you you're you and your wife own it yeah yep what made you decide, I mean, obviously her, but what made you decide to get involved
1: into that as well? You know, at the time that she, and it, and it literally happened where she was running schools and I was home with the kids. There was just this flip in in uh, where we were in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, 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 the involvement was more of, she wasn't asking, hey, should we do this? She was saying, hey, I'm going to go open a school so it was more of jump on the train or be left in the, at the train station, really. Um, and so, because, again, we didn't have any money. We were, had just gone through financially a very difficult time. We were just kind of treading water at, on a good day. And, and there's a lot of capital involved. There's a lot of issues involved in opening any business. And uh, so to, for her to say, I got to have my own school, and then it was like eight, nine months later, it was open. Uh, so, so really why I got involved was just because I didn't have anything else going on and my wife was going to do it. And I did have some ability with sales and marketing and, and some business acumen that I felt like I could bring to the table and, and developed. So where she teaches on the craft side of things, mine is more focused on the business. So at our school, we, we focus on both. So there's actually a, uh, 12 classes, 12 to 15 ish. I mean, classes that are focused on people better understanding, how do I go make a living at this? And, and we've had a lot of great success stories of graduates that have gone out and done very, very well for themselves. And they always thank me for that. And the reality is they did all the heavy lifting. I was just the guy that researched it and said, all right, this is, these are the key performance indicators for the space. This is a proven method. This is what successful people do. And so we built classes kind of around that. So.
0: Yeah. And and I find it, good that you teach them how to like because any they can become uh uh what are they cosmetologist or a barber Barber. and then just go work for somebody and just be comfortable which is cool you know nothing wrong with that but then you also give them that business side so they can go if they wanted to like later on down the line open up their own shop yeah you know what i mean because uh I think, did James go to your school too?
1: James didn't. James is a, uh, he went to a, a fine school. I got a good relationship with the Paul Mitchell school, but at the time we didn't have our barbering license. Yeah, because you guys, but, w- so
0: Paul Mitchell got it first and then you guys got it. So
1: yeah, and we're in the process of, because uh, we did barber stylist, which we're finding m- most people still just want barber, even though they don't know what they truly want. Mm-hmm. Like from a, a, a real standpoint, I get why they want just barbering, but the barber stylist is a little more flexible license, but it it takes more time. So, Mm. but yeah, we are adding just the straight barber license too. But yeah, Paul Mitchell, those are my friends actually. We're we're competitors, but nothing negative to say about those guys. But James is just an awesome kid that I've gotten to know, uh, and really proud of what he's doing and just grateful to be able to call him a friend too. So, so let's go back
0: to like when you're going to open the shop, Mm -hmm. uh, or the school, I should say. Um, did you ever at one point you said it took about nine months to open? Yeah, yeah. Did you ever feel like oh this is not going to happen just because like it it was it's always one thing like if it's not this thing it's another thing that you have to fix or
1: you need this you yeah need that. I mean that's going to happen and then it's you know just again coming back to quitting college right mm-hmm. oh, I don't need this or whatever but because cause the difficulties are going to be there uh, and so it is it is just committing to getting after it but but no I mean. We moved here. I remember our youngest daughter she was in she wasn't even in kindergarten yet, and we were moved here, and we were going through the struggles of getting the school even open and stuff and it was it was hard it was difficult and I remember her going, "I hate this place. When are we moving back to Salt Lake?" and it's like, "We're not honey." She goes, "It's cold here. the wind blows, it smells like cow poo I mean this little <laughs> four year old skip just lecturing me and And it's just kind of, I don't know, there's a philosophy of, and I don't know that it's historically accurate, but what I've heard is that when uh, the Vikings would come in to conquer land, they would get up, they'd pull their boats up on the shore, and they would light them on fire because there's no retreat. Mm -hmm. You either go conquer or you die trying, and that's it. When you have options to retreat, then you're setting yourself up for failure. And so for us, we were here, we were all in. There was, I mean, we got four kids. We had kids, our oldest was in high school. Our youngest wasn't in school yet. Put the kids in school. Uh, grateful to my father-in-law who had an extra house that um, he let us uh, use for for a few years until we kind of got on our feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but But yeah, I mean, when you're starting something, any opportunity that you have to back out of it Is was you creating an opportunity to fail at it? Yeah. Not saying you're going to be successful or not, but you, the boat has to be burned. You just got to believe and just go for it. And you always get there's always
0: thousands of ways, reasons to stop something. You know what I mean? Like, and people will take that, be like, oh, I can't do it. Oh, like it's me. I love starting something from nothing. Yeah. Like I love doing that. You know, I love the challenge of like trying to build it into something. You know, because I've built several different things, and I just love that whole the, the growth of it. You know, so when you got, you guys open it, right? Do you know? Do you remember what the date was that you opened
1: it? Yeah, it was April sixteenth. Uh, I want to say two thousand eight. Okay, it was just right after tax
0: tax day. And was it? Um, it it was just a, a beauty school at first, yep, right? Yep. Did you have a full class? Or was so we it?
1: did. We got. We came in here. We started advertising. I mean, we would meet with people either at our house or their house. We didn't even have a physical location. We didn't even know where we were putting the school mm-hmm. and started signing people up. Brittany Bingham uh, was the very first. Now it's Robinson. Uh, Robinson uh, but anyway, she was the very first uh, student that we ever signed up. We went to her house. Uh, we had a great conversation. She gave us money. I mean, and and it's just kind of like, yeah, this is what we've done in the past, and this is what we're doing now, and we don't know where it's going to be. And and we had a hundred percent sign up rate. The first thirty people that we met with, we signed up. So, and we started our first class with with thirty kids in our day and night school. So.
0: Oh dang. So it's it's day and night. Yeah, and ever since then it's been pretty consistent. Yeah.
1: Yeah. we we've kind of got an interesting business model. Um, and it's not just us, it's any schools, uh, when the economy is stronger, you see people take jobs that maybe they don't want, but mm-hmm. they, but they can make ends meet. Uh, and as the economy turns and is, and is not strong, then people tend to go back to school, whether that's a trade school or, uh, uh finishing at a university or getting a higher degree. Uh, and so, yeah, so, so that's what what you see. And so in 2008 was the beginning of that uh, recession. And so we were, we were a lot of people were looking to do something and, and, and it worked out really nicely. And then, you know, since then we've, we've been in a good economy and we still, we still do okay. But, but in a down economy is when we really do really, really well. We shine it during a down economy. So.
0: This goes to working with your, your, your wife. Yeah. Because I used to work with an ex-girlfriend of mine, and it went completely downhill because we were working together. <laughs> good, so it's not just me. <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys are you guys ever but, butting heads? Oh, yeah,
1: like, yeah. I mean, and then it, it was good. It's good, though, I'm going to say that. So mm-hmm. we were always together, and it got to the point where – when she wanted a vacation, she went and visited friends on, you know uh, but but no it's it we're we're really in a solid, great place. I love my wife, Allison she's just awesome uh, and she just is someone that just like, well, why wouldn't you start that well why wouldn't you know mm-hmm. she just doesn't see any risk in anything. she just wants she just she would just go open up a business blindly, honestly, just no just believing like well we're doing this it's going to be successful." Mm-hmm. And for the first three years, it was just painful. And I mean, it worked, but it was painful. And then it started uh, because in the beginning, when you own a school, you're not accredited. And it takes at least two years to get before you can even start that process. And then Mm -hmm. once you're accredited, then you can actually start uh, applying for financial aid for your students, which then uh, uh, helps out enrollment, too. So but yeah, in. I'll say in the beginning it was just like oh my gosh we need a break from each other cuz we are always with each other uh but but it's worked out well so
0: I, I think my biggest thing when I was uh, business partners with an ex um we like you said we would see each other all day we would argue we we didn't know how to separate business and yeah. like personal life yeah but then like another thing was like oh you never spend time with me and I'm like
1: we're always together. What, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, like, because
0: if, if we're not doing this, we're at the house ordering stuff. We're doing this. We're doing that. Like, there's no... This is spending time. Like, yeah. Like, what do you
1: want from me? Yeah, we've been... This December will be 30 years married. So, it's 30? like, at this point, Congrats. what else can we talk about? I don't think there's a topic we haven't ever talked about. So, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, we... Again, we, we do have good conversations, but we can sit in a room and and honestly know what each other's thinking. So, <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: You guys do uh, barbering. Barbering now. You have the yep, yep. So, what made you guys get into that? Did you see that a huge demand for that? Or? Yeah,
1: there's just was. A, I mean, barbering was on its way out, mm-hmm. and then when you look at what brought it back in, it was kind of these little gangster thugs that all got into barbering. Mm-hmm. And and not saying anything negative, I'm just calling it like it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and they. They there was then it became kind of a resurgence of because like I said barbering was it was on its way out mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't even on our radar and so it's just if you as a business aren't looking at what does my clients need or want and pivoting then you're gonna get left behind oh, yeah. and Paul Mitchell was the first one to pull the trigger trigger and it was like adding adding a um, another. License is an expensive process to do, mm-hmm. and so um, we kind of wanted to wait and see because it, it's also putting barber boys and Cosmo girls in the same space, mm-hmm. just as a reality show that people would pay <laughs> millions of dollars to watch. <laughs> let me tell you, and but you know we're we're in the process of getting all that finished up and done, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so so it is. It, it just wasn't really on our radar, so we we went with cosmetology initially then we added uh, aesthetics and then we added nails and then we added barber stylus, and now we're going to add the just straight barbering so
0: okay yeah um so w- what made you guys decide to i mean you, i don't know if uh, your wife was involved too but also partner up in a Motto.
1: so so she's kind of just my support on that okay. just like she um but initially, uh, my, my purpose in doing it was to put a great barbershop in the area. Mm-hmm. My bigger vision was to try to coach the people that work there into making real money, uh, and then take that coaching ability and market that to other people. Mm-hmm. And, and so far it's worked. I haven't started the coaching platform yet, but, but working on that. Mm. Um, but, when initially there were a couple guys I was trying to talk to about doing it and, and then they didn't, they kind of, I mean, I'm still friends with them, but they kind of were like, uh, I don't know. And yeah. then, and then Mia uh, Garcia reached out to me one day and, and she was working at Fade and Color and Freddie has a great shop and, and he's, he's great and everything, but she wanted something more mm-hmm. and she just reached out just for some advice and I was like, Well, if you're interested, I'm interested. And she said yeah. And again, it was another it was about eight months mm-hmm. from when we sat there eating tacos at at, at Mornitas to when La, La Mata was open. So uh I just I just looked at Mia as she's a winner. And oh, yeah. you know, that's the bottom line. And so and and it's worked out. You know, here we are, we're we're a big shop. We got fourteen chairs. Oh, yeah. Everyone said you can't have fourteen chairs. Well, actually, we're going to add a few more chairs. We're going to put apprentice program inside of our shop with a few chairs and we're going to get after it. And, you know, there's even talks of adding a tattoo parlor in the back, like in one one thing. I don't I don't know. I don't I don't have tattoos. I don't have anything against (laughs) them. But but, you know, that it's kind of a demand that we're seeing. Uh, but, yeah, it just kind of happened, luckily for me, where Mia reached out to me. Mm-hmm. I thought she was just happy as could be, killing it at, at Freddy's shop, and, and she really likes Freddy, and, and uh, so it kind of was, she was torn. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, she wanted something more, and here we are. So, so would you say, like, to somebody like Mia, because there's, there's, I'm sure there's
0: a lot of people like her who want something more, would you say, you know, just go ahead and just reach out to people? Like, yeah, one person might say no, but like this other person might say
1: yes. Yeah, and and then you have to realize is the deal a good deal too? So mm-hmm. you, you just because someone will help, and I and me and Mia have a good deal together, mm-hmm. uh, at least uh, you know I I believe she thinks that, and I I think that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it definitely I would say pay your dues, get after it work hard and save your money mm-hmm. and uh and then from there if you don't need somebody do it on your own james has figured it out mm-hmm. i mean that's an example of a guy that's figured it out bo's done it uh uh, uh the skyline barbers guy mitch and nick have, have done it mm-hmm. they, they split and went their different ways and mm-hmm. you know so so people are figuring it out uh Le, lehigh at uh at players is doing it mm-hmm. you know so um so it is it's it's start, start out, pay your dues, be small and then get as big as you want to be, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. And I find it cool. Cause even my older brother, he, he went to go get his, uh, uh, I don't know which school he's attending though, to be honest, he, but he, he's, uh, he's in school to, to be a barber, Yeah, which is cool. Cause like, it, it's so close now, you yeah. know what I mean? Like you have it either in uh, Idaho Falls or you have it in Rexburg before I know Troy, he had to go and we, they had to go all the way out to, uh,
1: Boise. Yeah, it's Boise or Salt Lake. That it, was your were your options. And you had to
0: stay out there, yep. which a lot of people don't, can't.
1: Yeah, no, it's expensive. Yeah, it, it's very expensive.
0: What would you <laughs> say that, because I, ha, I have a question like for your school, what would you say made your like school successful?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, in the in the beginning, Allison and I, one of us was there and the school is open from eight to 10, uh, five days a week and from eight to uh, five uh on Saturday and closed on Sunday, and we were one of us or both of us were always there
2: mm-hmm.
1: but then I think you know it, as people were coming in, we felt a real strong responsibility to not only train them to get a license but really train them to make a difference in in them changing chasing their dream mm-hmm. and so that's kind of what I'd say um, really differentiates us from any other schools is is that uh, this business curriculum that we have, because the craft is the craft. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it, and, and you got to be artistic and you got to be those types of things. But we've had people come in that have, that just want to cut hair because they see it as a very good way to make a living and and they get after it, but they didn't really ever do hair before. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife was cutting hair from when she was 12 years old, you know, just cutting people's hair, yeah. you know, the whole time. So, but but yeah, I think that was kind of, uh, think something that really made a makes us a little unique and different not just regionally but nationally even because when you're when you own a school it's hard there's mm-hmm. there's you got to manage the kids you got to help them get their hours they got schoolwork that they got to be turning in they got to stay on top of stuff and a lot of them don't want to and so you happen to to kind of almost convince them to finish their schooling yeah. the way it needs to be done right but so then in addition to that it went to throw in hey you know, you can make six figures working in this space, and, and that's here in small town Idaho. It doesn't matter where mm-hmm. you can make six figures. I mean, I can reverse engineer that all day long, show them what their average ticket price has to be, how many clients they need to see, uh, all that. Mm-hmm. Like, like, so that's you know, when when we really said, okay, these people are coming to us and trusting that they can chase their dream. Mm-hmm. That's a that's daunting. That's like stressful, quite honestly. Yeah. But for we just said, all right. Anybody can go be successful. Now it's on them. Whereas before I think schools it was more of, all right, here's your license, now go figure it out. Yeah. I think we kind of try to put them in a better spot of, all right, here's your license and you've been taught on what the client experience needs to be, on, you know, the good to great philosophy, on uh setting goals, on, you know, all these these key performance indicators. So now you know mm-hmm. your success or failure is on you. Yeah. Well, if you're giving them all the tools they need,
0: uh, it comes down to them. You know what I mean? Because there's, uh, I mean, there's those people out there who think just because they get a license that everything's going to go perfectly well yeah. for them. Like they're, they're going to get a job somewhere or they're going to open a shop. They don't understand like there's a lot of business behind it. Yeah. And not just that, you have to have a lot of self-motivation to do it. Because if if you don't, it's just going to be a waste
1: of time and money. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no. it, it, And it's that's one of the challenges I think I see with the kids today. Mm-hmm. They are better people than I ever was. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I look at them, they are more loving, they are more caring, they are more understanding, they care about the environment. I mean, just I can go on and on and on. Sometimes when it's like, okay, step up and do this, that's kind of where... I think they they kind of struggle a little bit, and I don't I don't know why I don't know if it was us as parents making sure they all had trophies I don't know mm-hmm. if it was we are tired of watching this kid here's an iPad to shut up and so we don't have to hear you whine anymore I you know I don't know what it is but it's there it exists
2: mm-hmm.
1: but that being said the Jameses of the world are out there too right oh, yeah. uh, Mia's of the world you know Mia's in her thirties but still she's she's driven so yeah. so if you just have a little drive and desire. And then just realize, hey, I got to engage because that's what I see. Maybe that's, you know, I don't want to act like I have all the answers, but but maybe that's it, is that the kids are good at texting but not good at talking. And if you're going to be in the beauty space, you better learn how to converse one way or another or listen. Yeah. One of the two.
0: Yeah, I think that's something that's very key is listening to your client because when you make it feel like – one thing that some barbers do that I've noticed is like they'll remember you if you're if you come keep coming back, they'll ask about how you're doing, if you're married, your wife, like uh, they'll remember an event that you were supposed to do, you know, like things like that yeah. go a long way. So, I think that's something that a lot of people in the uh beauty industry, uh, barber beauty, uh, to take account, you know what I mean. I, I try to tell that to, to, to people all the time because anytime we have something related to like a barber or a a barber owner or a school owner, a lot of barbers actually listen to it. Would you say that's something that they should definitely work on if they're not comfortable right now or looking to get into that?
1: Yeah, I think it is. You better learn how to talk to people. And so the the thing that as I watch, not just in Lila Mato but in shops, any, any place, sometimes the service providers looking for, okay, I got to finish this and get to my next client Mm -hmm. versus just take the no, this person's paying right now. You need to listen to them. You need to know what their next event or what their big event is so that when they show up next time, you can talk to them about it. Mm-hmm. Because that is far more important than the next haircut you're going to do. Because if we don't retain the business, so that's the thing is, you know, I there was a barber that we had, which will be nameless, uh, even though I feel like naming him. Uh, but, and and he was good. He's solid at the craft. Um uh, would never rebook a client would it's 0% of his clients were ever rebooked. Not to say people weren't coming back, but then he was always looking at me like you need to get me busier. No, you need to retain the business. Mm-hmm. If you retain the business, because the most important business step, a, a barber a stylist, an esthetician, a nail tech, a massage therapist, most important business step they're ever going to do it, besides listening to their client. Okay. Scheduling their next appointment okay, how many times do you leave the dentist office without your next appointment? And you don't even like to be at the dentist office. <laughs> okay. So, so those guys figured it out. Mm-hmm. So that's what just blows my mind when, uh, and so he, he like said to me, he's like, we're just a walk-in shop anywhere. And I mean, I dropped the F bomb on him. I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. We are not. And ultimately I was like, Hey man, you know, this isn't the right shop for you. And, and and he paid his rent on time. He was solid in the craft, all those things. And he was just like, looking at me like, really? It's like, yeah, if you're not going to even try to retain your business and you expect me to, to make sure you have 40 plus clients a week. Uh, no, we're not, we're not the right fit.
0: Yeah. Not just that, like, um, one person, like if someone comes to him, has a bad experience it could lead to that person telling another person, yeah. another person, and all of a sudden, like you have this group of people that don't go to the
1: shop, yeah. just
0: based off this one barber. Yeah. When it's not even like it's that. it's
1: not even like that, yeah. And it, there was something that, and I don't know how accurate it is, but what I heard was if when someone has a great experience, they tell four people. When someone has a bad experience, they tell seventeen. Oh yeah. So so yeah, it's like yeah, you can't shoot yourself in the foot, right? So.
0: Yeah, and they always. This is just how people are. Like, say somebody has a bad experience. Um, you know, it's not bad for everybody. They'll be like, no, no, don't go there because this happened. Or so-and-so said this happened. You know what I mean? So like people, cause I, I've been, into the first time I've been into the shop was that day you guys had the event and I'm yeah. like, this place is nice. Yeah. And I like how it's, it's like simple, but not simple. It's catered to whoever's like their area. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. I saw that you guys had, a uh, Daniel's art on the wall and yeah. like, you just have like random things, but it gives it like its own s- yeah. style, if that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, we used to have Volkswagen bugs and, and yeah. buses in there and stuff, but we had to, we had to kick them out. Unfortunately, uh, that was just something I liked, uh, because we needed the space with COVID. We had to start spreading out further and they, and just those, those vehicles, unfortunately had to go cause they were taking up too much space. But, but yeah, we, we want it to be their space, but we also want it to have a theme mm-hmm. a little bit. And, and really the theme is we're here to work hard yeah. and we're here to build a business. And so uh, in our shop, you know, when you look at working in business and as you grow your marketing company, you're going to need to have an employee handbook, right, if you don't already have one. At some point, you're going to need one because mm-hmm. the more people that get involved in what you're doing, uh, you're going to need to set guidelines and rules, right? Yeah. So I hate guidelines and rules. <laughs> so we have four rules and and so it's rule number 1 become a great business person rule number 2 don't steal rule number 3 be respectful rule number 4 have fun every business in america that should be it that mm-hmm. four rules and if you violate any of these rules you're not you're, you don't work here but if you go to uh big companies if you've ever worked at, at cuz uh, where where were you working I forget you had a job that you didn't love, but you were. Oh, that that was a. I'm happy to name one. It was Challenger Pilot. It was out on County Line. Yeah, Yeah. I hate I hate that place. Yeah, but they probably had like a manual, right? And and some of those manuals, you'll spend the whole a whole day where they're paying you to read this manual, right? Mm -hmm. And sign here, sign here, sign here, sign here. No, be disciplined. Be a great business person. Don't steal be respectful, have fun. What more do we need? Right. And so anyway, that's that. Uh, and by and large, that being said, if you ask the Lila motto kids, they, they live the rules. But if you asked them, Hey, what are the four rules? They're going to go, uh, we have four rules. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I wanted to touch a little bit back on what would you recommend to up and coming stylists or barbers to, to become better? Like, uh, To grow you know what i mean like rescheduling but not just rescheduling like giving that their client at the time a better experience what would
1: you recommend for them so i think it is it 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 doesn't have to cost you money um to do something like i don't believe in doing things for free but if you're doing an add-on service maybe you reduce that additional service but but really you got to look at it it, it, because in the beginning it it is about finding clients Mm -hmm. Okay, so knowing that, then every client that you have is one less client than that you have to find if you retain that business. So, so for me, you know, in addition to being in a good shop wherever it is, and have finding a mentor, and if you don't have one, you better get online because YouTube's full of them. Yep. Chris Bassio is an amazing young, young, young guy, but speaks wisdom. He's primarily in the barber world, but the things that guy speaks are just like it transcends any vertical. Um, you know, we had. Uh, we anyway. The, it's it's finding whatever it is, whoever it is. If it's a book, if it's whatever that. But you've got to find your compass in this whole thing. But it is you better retain that business. That's why when I talk about the number mo- most important thing you do is schedule their next empo- appointment. Mm-hmm. If you can schedule sixty percent of your clients in a week then that means in the future, that 60% of your week is already booked. Yeah. And that future in our space is is anywhere from two to four weeks is all. Mm-hmm. So uh, when people rebook clients, they typically will get two more appointments out of that person a year. When you take the number of clients times two and times your average ticket price, that can be upwards of $20,000 more in a year that you stand to make just because you do that one step. Mm-hmm. And the more you rebook to where your time is valuable cuz time is is the one commodity that is the same for everybody oh, yeah. right yeah. so if your time is booking to where it's always booked out then you get to raise your prices mm-hmm. if you're not booking your time out and you're always open then your prices have to stay constant because people can go anywhere
2: mm-hmm.
1: mia you know she there was a time where people were like hey i need to get in she's like I'm all booked out. Well, we come in on a Saturday. She's like, no. And then the person's like, I'll pay you $100. She's like, yes. <laughs> so, so anyway, how many people in Easternight are getting $100 a haircut?
0: You yeah. Know? So what would you recommend to someone who's extremely shy? yeah get over yourself
1: right. <laughs> you better learn how to talk, and that 's it. I mean I get it i actually i 'm shy by nature. A perfect day for me is i don 't talk to a single person, mm-hmm. but it was doesn 't feed my family, mm-hmm. so I learned how to talk and i 'm good at it mm-hmm. well, not to sound arrogant but i can I can carry my own oh yeah. right. So, so yeah, if you're shy, so that's what I tell people in, in one of the, in one of the business classes is you got to look at what the client wants. Cause if you're shy, the only clients you're going to get are talkative clients because, uh, other shy clients are going to come in and it's just going to be awkward silence the whole time. Right. So if you're shy, you got to learn how to talk. If you like to talk, you got to learn how to shut up because <laughs> if you don't, then the only client you're getting is the shy client because the talkative client wants to talk and you're talking over them, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, if, you, but that, that's one of the bigger things is if you're shy, you better, you better find some, uh, some outlets to come up with interesting conversation because it's easy. Once, once you start asking a few good questions, then you just let them do all the talking.
0: Yeah, I feel like they shouldn't wait until they get into the seat yeah. to start doing that. What I used to do before, because I used to not talk a lot, uh, I would have, a, to this day, I still try to do it. I try to have a conversation with one person, even if it's brief, that I don't know. Yeah, I, If I go to the gas station, I'll yeah. just, small convo, not, nothing like massive. You know what I mean? Like yeah. small things like that because it breaks you out of your little comfortable shell. Like now you have to talk. And another thing that helped me was, like, I started traveling alone. So if you travel alone, it, you're either not going to have fun or you're going to have fun. Yeah. If you become a little bit more social, meet new people, which I've met people I probably would have never met if I would have been shy, just by small conversations, yeah. small little things. Yeah. And you never know who you'll meet, and they will help break you out of uh, this essentially little shell. Yeah.
1: yeah. You know no, I mean? and in your case, I mean, it could be a potential listener, right? One yeah. more listen to what you do. I mean, you this this podcast. If if anyone hasn't listened to this, if this is your first <laughs> one, you've been missing out because yeah. there are far greater guests than than me in this thing, right? I appreciate it, uh, but but you're great as well. Too, well, like. no, I bet. But the second that you had me on, I started listening to them, mm-hmm. and and I was like, hey, well, this is cool, and mm-hmm. and they are they're just good little conversations. But but the fact that you'll engage because you could easily tune out, and yeah. that's what too many people do is. Is if they're traveling or they're doing their thing, they just put their AirPods in and tune the world out. Well, that's not how the world works. Not saying that there aren't times where you can't do that. Just saying that if that's what you do all the time, you are missing out.
0: Yeah. So I want to take it back to how, how long has the shop been open? So about a year and a half now. So about a year and a half. We're going into... See, my thing for 2020 and or in 2019, I was like, I'm going to travel. I'm going to do all this stuff. I had my place. I tell Weech the same story, and he starts laughing because I was literally telling him the places I was going to go in 2020. yeah First place that I was planning on going was Vegas. I had to go because I also do the media for Top Snipes. So we go and we do SHOT Show. Everything was great. But then like after that, that's when the whole... COVID started. And so you guys are fairly new, like the, yeah. uh, the Lyle model site. Yeah. How was that knowing that you guys are going to close? Like
1: we're like, we're so new. Yeah. Painful. I mean, the owners of the building are from my friends. So when it's closing down, I'm looking at them going, uh, and they're like, yeah, don't worry about it. We got you. Cause I, I, we'd rented space from before we'd always been a good renter, but that wasn't everybody's case. Yeah. Cause you know, the, owners of properties still have to pay their stuff. Um, but initially we just closed down like everybody else. And then when it came out to be like this thing, there, there was no definitive answer. Mm-hmm. And then they start throwing around essential to non-essential. No, you can take that saying and shove it. I almost said something else there, but, oh, no, you're fine. uh, but no, I don't ever want to hear essential versus non-essential. Are you kidding me? Uh, no
0: yeah yeah because it's like you can work and get paid and feed your family but this person their job is not as as good yeah
1: and you have to but not the, get paid and then the hypocrisy of it right across the street from us is the liquor store with a line going out the door okay the amount of drinking that was going on was in excess mm-hmm. there there's that that's documented tell me that that's better than someone coming and getting their haircut, right? Yeah. And so, um, no, the hypocrisy of it all that a liquor store is open, of course, you know, that's state revenue uh, mm-hmm. versus, you know, uh, whatever. I just, I, anyway, we, yeah, we chose it to to open up. Yeah, because you got to think time.
0: about your your barbers working yeah. for you too, because it's, yeah.
1: yeah, you don't have to pay your,
0: your tenants, like the rent. Yeah. But then- that still doesn't mean they're getting paid. Yeah, no. you know what I mean. Like, so I know you had a conversation. I, I'm pretty. Was it a conversation with Brad
1: Little? Yeah, there was multiple calls to the office, and his his uh, people would answer. And every day I'd called for two weeks, and mm-hmm. and it wasn't to yell. It was, hey, I have solutions. We're already in a very sanitary industry where there's extreme measures taking at the same level as a hospital, I would say, mm-hmm. and and they wouldn't. They weren't having it. Um, and in fact, Hayden, his little crony that kept answering the phone, uh, at some point me and him are going to have a face to face. And when I told him that he said, are you threatening me? I said, it's not a threat, Hayden. I'm not going to punch you. I'm just telling you that at some point we're going to be face to face and have a conversation because it's easy for you to, to be a jerk to me over the phone. Oh, yeah, I want to see you do it in front of my face. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, and Hayden told me I'd never talked to, to the governor. And, uh, you know, he came here, yeah, and I, uh, to his credit, I'll say that, he he gave a little speech and then he opened it to question and answer. And I was the first guy to the mic. And I just kind of went, I kind of went after him, mm-hmm. uh, but I was polite about it. But I was, I was like, hey, you know, you did this thing, you intimidated, because he did, in my opinion, he tried to intimidate people in the beauty space that if they opened, that they would get their license taken from them. Well, in the state of Idaho, that was never the case. Legally, there is nothing that can be done if someone defies a governor's order to where their license could be taken. And he played it as though he could. Mm-hmm. And so that was my issue with him was, was, hey, um... I want you to let everybody know in the beauty space that their license was never in jeopardy. And he would never say their license was never in jeopardy. And I kept going after him about it. I was like, okay, tell me how you're going to do it. Tell me, you know, and he would, he just kind of politician deflected it. Um, At the end of it, the one thing I wish I hadn't done, because I stayed cool all the way to the end. And then he just kind of was done with me and just Mm kind of looked at me and, you know, kind of shrugged his shoulders like, like, you know, this is over. And I, that's when, as I walked away from the mic, I, I just, I should have just kept my mouth shut, but I turned around and I said, Lila Mata was open April 22nd. I dare you to come take my license. And then I sat down and the whole room was just crickets. I mean, it was totally yeah. awkward at that point. My friends were in the room, the governor was standing there, but it was, it was like, Hey, let's have open dialogue. Let's be honest mm-hmm. because there was no honesty in this whole thing. And, and, the board, at some point when we meet, um, the, the state, because they do uh, quarterly meetings, and when it's face-to-face, I will be at the first one and and hold them accountable for the fear that they created during this whole thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Ultimately, people have to be responsible. I think it's important to wear a mask. It's, that's not the issue, okay? But at the same time, we live in the United States of America, and the second that we give away our civil liberties, the smallest thing is giving wearing being forced to wear a mask it becomes easier and easier for us to give away our liberties mm-hmm. and it starts with just everyone wearing a mask well wear a mask be responsible you know i have people i've known have died from this yeah. uh, i have a friend right now who's up against it and so it's not i'm not trying to say and we weren't trying to be irresponsible but at the same time the hypocrisy of this whole thing was not something that sat well with me. And the kids in the shop, they were just, they believed in me. Mm-hmm. And I said, Hey, I think I'm 99% sure that nothing will happen to us. Uh, and they believed in me and had something happened. I mean, it was, their license was at jeopardy. Yeah. And so, uh, but I, I did my due diligence before we, we did it, but I'm grateful we live in Idaho because there's other States that are just way out there.
0: So yeah, they're like way locked down. Yeah. Like, a lot of stuff still yeah and i'm glad you stood up for it just because it you're right there's places like the liquor store that were open there's i'm pretty sure there was other places even not as essential as that you know what i mean like that were open but then like places like a hairstylist yeah i every time i get a haircut i feel great afterwards i feel motivated i feel like wanting to work and just feeling good yeah you know what i mean like so you having to stand up, you know, I applaud you for that. Not a lot of people would. They'd be too afraid to lose yeah, their, their
1: business. that's my issue is the fear, okay? Mm-hmm. Governor Little was up against it. I mean, I, nothing he could have done was right or wrong. But at the time that the decisions were made, there really weren't the, the cases that we were seeing back then versus even today, because today it's all open. Mm-hmm. Well, the, today is there's bigger threat than back when they did it. But, again, it was just the intimidation. The the fear, the not being transparent, the essential versus non-essential. Uh, yeah, call me non-essential. I might punch you in the nose. That's what I'll, I mean. I, I hate to to go there, but at the same time, it's like, no, that's like saying that I don't know. That's like saying that that certain people aren't as good as others. I mean, that's what you're saying. Yeah, and and I just I'm not having it. So, well, I'm glad you stood up for that, and then yeah. you guys were able to open. Did you guys get? I, I
0: know I asked Mia this question, but. It could be different for you, too, as well. Did you get any kickback from
1: people you knew? Um, you know, we had the, the people that were most at risk were people that were in the shop thanking us that we were there. There was a, a World War II veteran who was getting his hair cut and on his way to get pictures taken for something that was grateful that we were – because he couldn't get his hair cut otherwise. The, the kickback came from people in our own industry. That they were the ones that were, and, and I'll just call it, so people out there in my industry, the local shops that called the police, it didn't do you any good. You should have had a conversation with me. I respected your right to stay closed, but you didn't reciprocate that. Mm. And 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 so there's people that don't like me because of it, and I don't lose any sleep over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I had open dialogue with the police uh, because there were instances where police and people were having confrontations that shouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. So when we opened, I, I, I kept open dialogue. And in fact, I called them saying, look, you're not to show up here and us to be on the news because they're a big brouhaha. Yeah. So if you're going to show up, I need to know, because I would have closed down because I respect the police. And, and they were like, the, the officer that I was talking with was like, we're not coming. Mm-hmm. We are not enforcing this. And and so grateful that we live in Idle Falls because my friends in Boise did not have that. The police would have been out there closing down non-essential businesses and, while the state liquor stores were open. So shame on them, quite honestly.
0: Yeah. So like I said, I, I applaud you for, you know, like I said, a lot of people wouldn't do that because yeah. they did cause that fear. I remember driving around during the, the, the middle of the quarantine. Just everything was empty. People were scared to leave the, the house. Like, why would you create this? And then we didn't. Technically, we didn't even
1: have... It didn't feel like a normal summer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah.
0: everything felt... it just... This whole year
1: feels no, that, way weird. Yeah, no. There's things that we typically would have been involved in, you know, the 4th of July parade, the mm. fireworks, all those things that, that... I mean, that's big for our community. That, those are fun times, and, and that didn't happen. And, you know, again, neither, neither here nor there, but it is... Um, it, it didn't come without stress. I want people to know <laughs> that. It's not like I was like... Standing there with my middle fingers up, just <laughs> <laughs> telling everyone where they can go, no, it was a ton of stress mm-hmm. and 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 anxiety, and it shouldn't have been there either i you know anyway, but it it ended up working out uh the kids you know did really well and and we grew as a shop together so so
0: I've noticed that you've had you started to have some classes with like other barbers mm-hmm. coming in. Uh, is that something that you guys are looking yeah. to start doing a lot more?
1: Yeah. So January uh, we don't have a date, but we'll do another one. So hope you come to that one too. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, they're they're a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of a mixer. And this last one we did was where we just had local talent. Uh, so we had Lynn up there. We had James up there. We had Daniel up there. We had Sarah Hart up there. Now that I'm naming people, uh, <laughs> uh, Carly was up there, yeah. uh, uh, Con was up there, you know, so, so it was just giving people, Hey, they're up on a stage and, and we had stages and lights and we had the light down. We had mood lighting going. Oh, it we was, had, it was a vibe in there. Yeah. We had Mia music. had the music going like, like to me, I'm old. So to me it was too loud, but <laughs> <laughs> if it's too loud, you're too old is what I used to say when I was a kid. So, uh, but no, the whole thing was. Hey, let's come together and celebrate our craft. And so, yeah, we want to morph that into some education as well. Mm-hmm. But we we want to continue to spotlight because I would put the talent in Eastern Idaho up against anybody in the nation, mm-hmm. in the world. I mean, there just is just such talent that's here. When you truly, because people want to say, oh, you know, it's Idaho, so it's mediocre. Yeah, no, we're just as good as anybody else.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and and I definitely saw it, uh, especially with the people up there or the work that you guys put out, because I follow the majority of uh, your guys barbers there. And it's funny because people ask me, they're like, why do you go to these barber events? Because <laughs> I go sometimes like with uh, graffiti, I go to the we went to a show down in California. Yeah, they're fun. Like, yeah, it's just you get I was like, you get to meet so many people that. Yeah, yeah I'm not benefiting on the barber side, but I'm benefiting like networking, yeah. getting to know people like all these people. I have a story, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you do, they do. Yeah. And just knowing people in this industry that to me, it's like art. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, cause everyone cuts slightly different. They, or they put their own style to stuff or when they do design, that's how I feel. Like, so you get to know all these creative people that are looking just to, to grow. And I, yeah. I'm big on business. You know what I mean? Like, I love it when people are doing business. That's why I love that you're doing the school. You're also doing, now you have the barbershop. I know you're involved in some other things Yeah, as there's
1: well. a Lash and Body Lounge is our newest venture that um, is stressing me out, but it just, it's just brand new, <laughs> so it's all good. So
0: Is it going to be right there with the lounge? Yeah, it's,
1: it's in the same plaza, yeah. And so, then you're
0: thinking also, like... Other little, I don't know if you want to name it because you named it earlier. So the,
1: the coaching platform is something that um, that I've been working on for a long time, trying to build some tech around it, but I don't code. So I've been at the mercy of coders, and those are not people I like to work with, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. But but it is to be able to quantify someone's day mm-hmm. and be able to work with them to improve the areas of their business that they need to improve on. So, so yeah, that's, that's something that we hope to be able to get um, going and just – it, so it's, it would just basically be looking at pe- people's numbers and for six months working with them through the phone or Zoom or whatever and, and holding them accountable to be better in, at their numbers would is ultimately what it's going to be. So so I had a question. Like
0: where do you see Lyle model like in five to ten years? Do you-
1: yeah, that's a great question because, again, I built it with Mia um, – because I wanted to prove, so in the school, I'm teaching these things, but it's all theory. Mm-hmm. And so Lyle Amato was where theory becomes reality. Mm-hmm. And and I can tell you that it's working. So it, it, now I know that the theory is real. And so for me, it was, okay, let's go build this thing because Mia need, needs to have a shop. And I need to know, um, do, the, do these things. If someone does the things that we coach them on, will they be uh, more successful. Mm-hmm. And so we, we've been able to accomplish those things. So in terms of continuing to open more Lala mottos, I don't know that that's our, our vision. Um, uh, but I'm not, but I wouldn't say no. Uh, I would say it's more of just continuing to do the things that we're doing mm-hmm. and try to be inspiring at some level or influential in helping people, uh, uh maximize their income and reduce the time behind the chair because you know we had we've had kids in there working three 12 hour days and making 1500 bucks in a week
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, so they get four days off a week and now the, the the kid that was doing that went she moved to another shop because of uh she vibed better in the other shop which we're still friends it wasn't it yeah. wasn't anything there but you know she's more of a holistic uh, energy person, and she wanted to be in a shop that had more of those Reiki type things going on yeah uh, so again, still a very good friend of ours, but she was just crushing it, which then you talk about quality of life if all you had to do was work three twelves and you got four days off to go chase whatever, and you you're you're doing well, then you know that's that's not terrible and and we know how to do that, so
0: yeah so cause that that's based on what you're saying is that that's you're looking to go down to educating the people yeah. more about trying to build their business because anyone can give them, I mean, not anyone, but most schools will give them a, a license yeah. to do what they want to do, yeah. but they won't teach them the theory, like behind building a business. And actually now with Lyle model you're able to put those theories into effect and see how they work, what you need to do to make them better, like, you know, adjust it and things like that. That way they can essentially have their own business. Yeah. And so is that, am I right? Like yeah, yeah. Towards the educating?
1: Yeah, So and so for, for Mia, because if you look at it too, it, the, the business is physically taxing. Mm-hmm. You stand on your feet. Oh, like yeah. Mia has 15-hour days. I mean, I've seen her do it. She doesn't even say boo. She just stands there and loves doing it. But the thing that me and her have regular conversations on, you know, I'm 51, she's 32 or 33. I say, mm-hmm. if you get to 51 and you rely on the income from standing behind the chair, we screwed up. Mm-hmm. So so for us, we're still trying to figure out some of that. Like, how do we monetize the coaching? How do we come up with some cooler tools that benefit people in the industry? Doing the products like the shampoos and stuff, that, there's money to be made there, but you're talking a significant outlay in cash. And it's such a saturated industry that, that that's not really where we necessarily mm-hmm. currently want to spend our time developing new hair care products. Anybody that does, I support that. I'm just saying like me and I probably that's not going to be where we're going to devote our time. Mm-hmm. So so we are trying to reinvent uh, kind of who we are, but at the same time continue Mia's got to work behind the chair or she doesn't make her, her money yeah. and continue to do the shows and continue to bring the education in and continue to network and then just kind of see where it takes us because we do have a vision of the coaching platform and some things like that, but I've, I've never had business go according to plan. So, <laughs> so it's like you got to kind of get into it and then see what pivots have to happen. So. Yeah,
0: because, I mean, take this year, for example. Like, oh, yeah. You could have had a whole game plan for this year. Uh. And it just, it completely went somewhere else. So now you're thinking more, how do we monetize it this way? Yep. You know what I mean? Because this can happen. It yeah. could happen again. Yep. You know, and it, it could be worse. Like people. people yeah. Can, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it could be worse. So I'm glad you guys were able to, because most people can't. Something bad will happen. They give up. Yeah. Uh, the whole quitting mentality. Yeah. But like, if you're able to like, okay, we can't do that. Let's, you know, let's slightly change this way. Let's focus on educating, yep. which is cool because like I said, in-, in most high schools, they don't teach you like the business sense, like the no. financing, accounting. Oh. They'll teach you, they they teach we, you how to g- graduate and go get a job somewhere. Yep.
1: No, we fail our youth regularly because we don't discuss the difference between good credit and bad credit, mm-hmm. and what and and how to balance a checkbook. I mean, there should be a whole class on, me- and maybe there is. I just didn't. I don't see it in the in the schools, but. Um, you know, I know the high schools are really pushing. Well, I don't even know. I wouldn't say they're really pushing, but the kids have the ability to get their associate's degree before they graduate high school, mm. which then eliminates two years of college, which is basically two expensive years of college of all the stuff you just did in high school. Yeah. Right. So, so I applaud the high schools that are motivating their kids to get their associate's degree while they're still in in high school, because that's two less years of them being in college. Right. But yeah, I think I think kids really need to understand a lot more than, than reading, writing, and math, which are the three essentials. But, but yeah, why, why do you want good credit? Well, if you have good credit, you pay less for car insurance, you pay less on loans, like car loans or home loans, or, you know, all these other things that really shouldn't, you shouldn't, but you do. Mm-hmm. So the people that have good credit end up in a, in a month, spending less money than the people that don't and the people have good credit versus bad credit. There isn't significant uh, uh, things that to have good credit. You don't, it's not like super hard to do, but you just don't know. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Some, some of the things that I've actually learned because I'm looking to get into real estate, hopefully by the beginning of the year, uh, I'm finally in that industry. You know what I mean? Like rentals and things like that. Uh, when you get taught growing up, you get taught like bad or, Debt is bad. Is bad. Yeah. Overall. No. Yeah. But they, they they don't teach you like what's a good debt, what's a bad debt. Yeah. You know what's a liability, what's a, what's an asset, yeah. and things like that. And I've been learning all this, and I'm like, why, why aren't we teaching this in yeah. high school? Like, yeah. I it, it took me. I'm 32 now. Like learning yeah. a, a lot of this stuff. You know, like I'm into stocks now. I'm getting into real estate now. I'm doing my uh, media company. You know what I mean? Like, and none of this, like. I'm pretty sure none of it came from high school. You yeah. Know I mean? it's, yeah. All like it's all like from like people are like yourself. Right? Yeah. yeah. People yeah. learning a thing or two from you, from this person, from everybody, just because they came to realize, you know, like, hey, like or have that self motivation like you guys did to to open up the school. Yeah. You know what I mean? No yeah. nobody was gonna give it to you. No. Yeah. You had to go out and get it. So I feel like we need uh more people like that. That's why I like having this podcast so we can have people like yourself educate these people. So now hopefully People will reach out to you if they're looking to get into to school, or if not, they have like it, like questions about yeah, coming to Barbara. I Lyman. just
1: I just love to talk to people, so yeah. If anybody, of course, if you want to come in and tour our school, I'm all over that. But mm-hmm. the, there's other great schools here in the area. Uh, I think that we're the best, but I also have, uh, uh you know, <laughs> like I have a bias. I have a bias. So, uh, I get along with like Vogue. I get along with mm-hmm. them. I get along with Paul Mitchell really well. And so, you know, it's not like we, we actually don't hate each other. Uh, we, we work well together. We work on things together, but, but yeah, if people want to come in and talk anything, I, I currently have a small business at the small business development center. I work uh, part-time uh, and we help people that are starting their businesses up or looking that just want to look at, uh, at their industry as a whole. And we sit and talk like, like to, to kind of your point. So I was visiting with someone and they needed some capital, but it, it was going to be hard for them to go to a bank. And I, and, and there's a, there's something called the regional development Alliance, which has, which has capital, but it's at a higher interest rate, but mm-hmm. it's easy. It's it's not that it's easier to get, but it's a quicker time frame to get it. Yeah but you're you're you could be as high as 9% interest or mm-hmm. better and and the person that that was uh with this person said oh that's a terrible loan but which is an, an inaccurate statement however um in their current situation they're giving up 40% of their income so, so if you take a loan for nine percent and pay it off quicker, you're in a better position than continuing to give up forty percent of your income. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so sometimes people don't look at it. So, so leveraging properly, yeah. uh, to your point, because um, you're taught no debt's bad, debt's bad, debt's bad. Yeah. Now leveraging to where you can make money on somebody else's money and you have to pay interest and then get it paid off, that's a good thing. Yeah. Y- not paying it off now, that's a bad thing. So.
0: Yeah, seeing people don't. I feel like I'm glad now we have this whole like social media uh, YouTube so people can try to share yeah. this information yeah. you know All what right. I mean because some people don't realize that you know that there's different options or there's better options there's a way out of uh, your situation as well, too. Yeah. Like like myself, I'm glad to this day I say that my old job never gave me a raise because that's what started this. Yeah, because
1: you could have been stuck there. Yeah, Had exactly. they given you 25 cents a year, you would have maybe stuck it out, maybe oh, yeah. 50 cents or whatever.
0: Yeah, right? if they would have given me a smaller raise, I'm like, oh, okay, they actually appreciate uh, my time. And I would have probably still been there yeah. hating waking hating up it. every morning yeah. and going, even though I'm getting paid a little bit more. But it would have never led to this. Like So yeah. sometimes... Yeah. Uh, you know, you just gotta go out and make it happen. Though it, this didn't happen just because I was like, yeah, screw that place. I'm gonna go do this. Yeah, no, it, it took time. It, it takes a lot of time and takes a lot of work and a lot, a lot of self motivation. Because a lot of people like to today, they call it lazy Sunday. I'm like, for what? <laughs> like, you know, there's plenty of stuff to be yeah. out there doing to yeah. grow, especially if you're not where you want to be. Yeah, why, why are you taking a lazy Sunday? Yeah, me, I worked. Seven days a week. Yeah. Even, but I love it though. You yeah. know what I mean? I love being here, having a conversation. People
1: think this is work. This is fun to me. Yeah. I love doing this. No, and you and you do great at it too, by the way. But like I said, I've been listening to the podcast, and I'll keep listening to it. So oh, you're doing thanks. great I things. It. So yeah.
0: But uh, l-
1: let them know where they can reach you if they have any questions. So yeah. Um, so Austin Kate Academy, La Lamato Barbershop, and uh, Lash and Body Lounge. My cell number is two zero eight three six zero one four six one. I put that out everywhere, just so you know. Because uh, if someone has an issue with one of my businesses, I want them calling me. Mm. If someone has a question, I want them calling me. I mean, I like to meet people. So there's not a lot of people that give out their cell number. You call that number, and that rings this phone right here. Nice. And cool. so, yeah, if somebody, uh, you know, if, if you feel like I could help you with anything, um, I'm always open to to talking. So
0: Yeah, and we need more people like you. So yeah. Thank you for reaching out <laughs> yeah. or letting people reach out for you like that. And like I said, I want to thank you for coming on. I wish nothing but success for you. Hopefully, we can we can
1: do something here in the future. Yeah, you know I, I mean? hope mean, so. like, work together, do something together. Is that a Scarface sticker there? Yes, it is. So I can have one oh, and yeah, stick yeah. it on my bug? Oh, that's yeah. my thing As I put stickers all over my stuff. So oh, yeah. That's yeah. a cool one. Yeah, we'll so, give you a few. You can take yeah, some after this. Yeah. But, no, thank you, Edgar. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you for
0: being on. And thank you guys for listening. We'll catch
1: you guys on the next one. See you guys.